Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, and with me today is the glorious one and only Matt Patrick. Uh, yeah, give a bow. Yeah. Take 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 the honor, um, Matt. Well, welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Glad to, to be here. Today is gonna. You know, we just got back from a trip about uh, about a week or so ago, a little bit less than a week ago, um, where we got to get away and talk a little bit about how we operate our business as part of a conference that we were uh, we were at. And so we're gonna continue on some of those conversations today and help our listeners maybe navigate through the value of of pushing away from the desk and getting out of town or. Uh, and, and just thinking a little bit more strategically about how they operate their business. But before we jump into that, we always got, got to get started with the fun question. So today's question is, and this is going to be, I don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> yeah. What is the strangest food you have ever tried? I may be, uh, me or you may be the least adventurous eaters ever. We needed so, some guests on today's podcast. Yeah. I mean, Where's Anthony Boudon or whatever? He's yeah. passed away, right? But uh, no, I am not an adventurous eater. I have uh, traveled a little bit. And upon traveling, sometimes you order things that you're not sure exactly what you're ordering, particularly if the menu's in a different language. Yeah. Um, my most adventurous stuff is probably seafood related. I've, you know, I've tried, I mean, they're not, for me, it's adventurous. Oysters are gross. Uh, calamari, <laughs> mussels. Um, like all the stuff that you find on like fine dining menus. Yeah, that's my adventurous. <laughs> that's my adventurous side. Um, no, I don't do pickles. So I was like, uh, we had some stuff like I, the the worst games in my mind. Like I would never go on Fear Factor because I would never eat the stuff. Yeah, I would never play bamboozled with the jelly beans because yeah, you know, I'm not doing that. So I'm probably not the right person to ask for this yeah. question. I loved the show Fear Factor. I thought it was a, a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching it. There's 0% chance of me going on there. There was, and it's always because of the food. Me too. <laughs> I want to do everything else. All of like the crazy stuff, I would do that in a heartbeat. Like like on the high wire stuff? Absolutely. Yeah, maybe. I, that might be hard for me too, but the food is definitely- I would not touch the I food. I have no problem putting my hand in the scorpions or hands in the snake pit. Yeah. That stuff doesn't bother me, but food- Nope. The craziest thing I've ever tried is condiments <laughs> not named ranch. Like, I mean, that's how that's how adventurous I am. Um, I do like I remember like the first time. So I, you know, ceviche is. You know, yeah. I, I knew yeah. that word, and I was eating somewhere. I forget where it was at. I'm gonna try that fancy soup. And yeah, yeah, and it was they had shrimp ceviche, and I was like, I've heard that word before. That's probably good. And then I got it, and it's like, is it's somebody like, gonna cook my food? What is you know what it's is cold this? soup? Um, and I did not enjoy that at all. Didn't like it. I didn't no. like. No. I only think I thought about it, the popped in my mind was the Dave Chappelle skit with uh, the crack addict that eats anything. He's like eating really <laughs> you know, gross stuff. So like, yeah, that's not me. I'm I'm not an adventurous eater. So Cameron has has gotten to the point where he'll try just about anything. Maddie Maddie in my house does as well, but the rest of us are all like, nope. No, yep. Mandy Mandy will eat anything, literally anything. Yeah, Meredith does a little bit. She's she's a little more adventurous than I am, probably. She's well, she's both adventurous and like she'll get dill pickled flavored potato chips or Don't, that's wrong. Just never do that. weird stuff like that. Um, we did we went to a, a Chinese restaurant once, and Cameron tried squid kimchi. It was something like that, and so it was essentially fermented squid. That doesn't sound good. And there's no way he's 12 years old. He'll be 13 next month. There is no way at that age, or even at this age, I would ever <laughs> eat age. that. And nope. he was like, "Yeah, that's pretty good. I want some more." And I'm like, "Nope, 
bro, you go have at it because I. We bribed Mason to try a beat. We went, uh, God, where we were at. I think we, it was like a hundred bucks. A pickled beet. Oh, I know. Haggis. I've had haggis. That's oh. pretty, that's pretty adventurous, right? Yeah. yeah. So we went to Scotland and I was like, I always think of Brave, the cartoon Brave with, uh, and it's like, it's just a wee sheep stomach. That's what I kept thinking <laughs> of. But it actually wasn't bad. It kind of tastes like, uh, I'll say like a hush puppy. It was like a hush puppy hmm. kind of context, but it was, you know, not hush puppy. It was, it was good. We 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 had the whole family tried it. And I had pork belly this past weekend. That's called bacon. You know, that's what I kind of thought it. Well, it, it was supposed to be bacon, but it, it was really bacon. fatty <laughs> bacon. Bacon. Yeah. It was. Yeah. No, I had haggis. So I, I think that's adventurous I've ever got. And that was actually pretty. I actually proud of myself for trying it. That was a big deal. We got all the kids to try it as well. We were in Scotland. We we made everything. You got me to try a Scottish egg one time, and that's pretty adventurous for me. Uh, that's just sausage and eggs. Which is adventurous for me. You don't like sausage. I don't or like eggs. eggs. Oh, that's a problem. Did you like it? No. It's pretty good. It's like like you eat the sausage on the outside. I'm good, but you like boiled eggs. It's we, no, no. You boiled ha- you eggs have are chickens? the worst. You have chickens. Got five of them. They produce a bunch of eggs. About five eat, eggs a day. That you don't eat. We give away about eat five eggs. eggs a day. You eat omelets. I eat every once in a while. I'll, I'll eat an egg. Yeah, but not but boiled. It's not no never hard boiled or it's always either like a fried egg or Scrambled. over easy. Or scrambled. If it's anything, and it's got a lot of pepper on it. Beyond that, and I don't know if somebody else is making it and it's not an omelet, I won't eat their eggs. Really? Yeah, I don't, I'm just weird about eggs. Condiments. I, I blame my mom. My mom was weird about eggs. My Mandy is weird about eggs. She eats like an egg and like a little bit. And like when she's done, it's, I'm okay with eggs. And then I got, that egg has got to go away from me. She doesn't want to touch it it's anymore. done, yeah. Like an egg and a little bit. Like I always say, I'm going to give you an egg and a bite. That's what she yeah. wants for breakfast. I felt a way about ketchup. When Meredith, because Meredith and Hudson both, they'll, because ketchup awesome. kills ketchup. And I, they can't sit next to me when they eat ketchup. It uh, smells mustard, mustard, so bad. Mustard's that way with me. Mustard and pickles. They, like my kids, ugh, the kids are the worst about it too. With yeah. pickles and stuff, they always like eat them and like, they don't want to breathe on me or try to kiss yeah. me. And I'm like, I'm gonna You're punch grounded. you. I'm gonna punch you in the face, and I have an excuse. Go to your I've room. told you now. If you breathe on me again, I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> I'm just gonna punch this way, and if it happens to hit you, that's your. I. Fault. I'm like Mandy. You get him away from me, or I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> and so, I, pickles are the worst. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of pickles either. Yeah, but I can. I'm not to your. I've, I'm not. I have a degree. bad adversion. I understand. Yeah, uh, there's you, there's bad, and then there's wherever you yeah, land. Yeah, on yeah. pickles. All right. I understand. I, I agree. I agree. I get, and it's funny. Everybody's like, oh, he hates pickles. And so every time we're at a restaurant, my parents are bad about like, hey, make sure. Like, I'm like, I've already told him no pickle. Like, they reinforced it with the server. It's embarrassing. I'm like, you know what, I'm a 47-year-old man. One of the best things that's come out of this pandemic is that McAllister's no longer gives you pickles that's whenever smart. you order food. Yep. I do appreciate that. Yeah, because it ruins the whole paper. It's on, and it gets, touches the bread, and then the bread gets all soggy. So like pickle, I have to throw the bread away. It's pickle like, looked at your chips, therefore you oh, yeah. eat either. Oh, yeah. Pickle, like the worst is when like at your at Huey's, they'll put the pickle underneath the fries, and the, I'm like, well, now those fries are out. <laughs> so they may have touched it. <laughs> they may have. Yeah, I'm out. They got within an inch. I smell it. <laughs> when I was a kid, we had a, I, our favorite restaurant, I, I got grilled cheese and always put pickle on it. I, I mean, every day That's I tell weird. them, I, well, every day I tell them no pickle, and they put it on top. No pickle every day. Oh. So I'm like, I'd have to like peel the bread out from around where the pickle had been touching, and I'd have like this cheese, and then like like have a cookie cutter to take out that entire uh, section. Such, and, and it hasn't changed. I'm 
I did it at six. I did it at 12. I did it at 15. I did it at 47. I would do it the exact same way today. <laughs> do not. Do not put pickle on my stuff. My food with a pickle. Because it ruins everything. Well, so this past week we were in Florida for a conference. Did you yep. eat any pickles while you were there? Uh, no, I did not. Me either. The food was pretty good though. Um, it's that's one of the benefits of getting away is whenever we did have a couple to nice meals. Conference to get some good food. We stayed at the Diplomat Hotel in mm-hmm. Hollywood or Miami Beach area. It was fantastic. The resort was really nice. The event was great. The food was good. They had a nice steakhouse in in, in uh, on property. I got to property and never left property for four days until I went back to the airport. It was great. You left for a fancy restaurant. You went to some Meredith. Fancy... Yeah, Meredith went with me down, and so we did. We had a fancy date night um, at True Lux, which is one of our favorite fine dining places, and they have a. They probably have six or seven places around the country. They wanted Dallas, which is how we know about it. Um, and it was it was really good. It was really good. But we got to get away for, it was about three or four days or so mm-hmm. in total. And uh, this was a conference. And part of the idea of the conference here was one of the vendors, one of our major vendors that we use, puts this on to more of an educational mm-hmm. um, training ground of getting to learn software better, get, getting to, to learn processes. But one of the biggest things, take, takeaways, anytime we get to go on a trip like this, is you know the formal sessions are great that's always fun and they're valuable but the sidebar conversations with other users or other other in our case other partners other business owners uh, and at the same time even with our own team to just to go and hang out at the beach restaurant and have some guacamole and talk shop about what's For going four on 4 hours whatever we did yeah is always is always fun and I know that you got to you you know you getting to do this um, you know multiple times throughout the years. What are some Typically, of the yes? What are some of the conferences that you get to go to or that you try to go to in order to to stay sharp? Um, like my givens are you know we're involved with the Professional Association of Small Business Accountants. That's PASBA. We I'm very active in that group and we do that twice a year. Typically, um, historically we have we're a member of. TPG, which is the payroll group. We're a member of the IPPA, which is the Independent Payroll Providers Association. We're a member of RootWorks. Um, I try to attend as many of those events. I look at the agendas pretty hard first, but I really, agenda's not always that important to me. If there's even one or two sessions, I'm okay with it. Um, my goal is to go to an event and actually what it really does is get me out of the day-to-day and allows me to start thinking about on the business is my big priority. And I usually come back with a lot of notes and ideas and um and I take it and go from there. Yeah. I find that one of the that that's the biggest value in in trips like this or conferences whatever it may be is it forces you to turn some things off that you wouldn't turn off otherwise. Uh, in my world that may be just emails or or slack messages yep. or you know whatever it is. It forces me to say, "Hey, I need other people to watch out for this stuff because I'm not going to be able to which clears the runway for just normal thinking, mm-hmm. which is not always easy to find whenever you're constantly bombarded with, you know, jumping from one fire to the other, or even just normal daily stuff. It's not necessarily fires, but it's stuff that's just got to get done. Yeah, I often find myself too. It's a great way for me to understand what I am delegating and what I'm not delegating, and it allows me to refocus on my delegation, which is important. I feel like. Day to day, it's easy just to go ahead and do something that you should delegate. Next thing you know, you're doing it every day, you know, and you end up still solving certain problems over and over again. And the reality is you're not maybe the best person to be doing that work. Um, As owners or any leaders leaders, uh, in particular, it's really easy to get just into the routine of just the, the grind. 
and I think it's important to step out. Um, I love, there's nothing I enjoy better than going to these events. A, it's a really good group of friends. Um, it's a wonderful community. We all share and empathize with one another. Um, typically we're going to association type events where people, the room is very similar to, you know, going through the same struggle we are. It also allows us to get perspective on what we're doing well, what we're not doing well, what we need to improve upon and kind of maybe some direction where we want to go. When you are at events, or really I would say when you are away from the office in a dedicated fashion, like a conference or, or an event would, uh, would lead itself towards, do you have any type of structured, formal you know, process that you go about to think through things? Or is it just, is, is it more the, you know what, you can push everything else on pause and, and actually just kind of think about how you're running the business, what you could do to tweak things, or is it more formal than that? I, I typically have a set standard of notes that I, uh, a format of notes that I, that I do. I have what I'll, what I'll say is ideas, actions, um, questions, and then follow-ups. And so I, I generally write my notes into four quadrants. I put a piece of paper into four quadrants and I kind of track notes that way. Um, I typically on the ride back on the airplane or once I get back in the office the first day, I usually go back and rewrite my notes, figure out what, because I may have an idea that and I, and I didn't have even had a chance to think it through yet. And I just crossed it off right away. Or it could be uh, actually I want to expand on that a little bit more after looking at everything we want to do. I try to create an action plan uh, typically after an event of, you know, what we want to work on. It's the same thing I generally do after we meet internally as well. But I typically will create a pretty detailed action plan of what, and I'll start prioritizing from top to bottom. And I go back to my first Pazzo conference. I've said this a thousand times. I came back with like 10 pages of notes, had a very detailed, you know, 20 things I want to do right away and try to do all 20 of them the same day. That, and that also causes all kinds of turmoil around me, typically. Because whenever I want you to, come back I want with to, all the ideas, I want to let's move, implement, implement. I want to implement, implement now. And, I, and a lot of times it's not necessarily implement, it's I want to test and that usually requires us we, to implement. So we're implementing something that maybe not be thought, thought through yet. We may end up killing it before we get started. But yeah. I typically like that, uh, the energy it gives me to go back and kind of fix some stuff. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's cause you know, we're talking, or at least we, I kind of introduced this podcast as we go on trips and we, you know, mm -hmm. trips are good, but the trip isn't what's magical. Uh, the trip isn't anything special, you know, going away to a conference isn't the thing. No. It's really, it's it's important for business leaders to have dedicated time to think strategy about how they're operating their business. And it's been my experience, both personally and in the companies that I work with, that few leaders actually take a significant amount of time to do that. And I always find like the the trip the actual trip part, whether it's a conference or if we're doing an event, that the forcing of out of normal routine lends itself better towards making some routines with it being a structured conversation or, or thought, you know, whatever time to actually think strategically. And so I don't want people to get too hung up on, hey, you know what, you got to go down to Diplomat, Florida and hang out at the beach resort. Um, if you can, might as well. But if you can't, not a big deal. If you can't, go to Panera and spend four hours, you know, Correct. just sipping on coffee and with your iPad or notepad in front of you, yep. jotting down those ideas. I think it's super important. I mean, we've done a good job of doing this over the years, which is we have to get out of the routine and start thinking through, you know, where we're going. It's easy to get caught up in your day-to-day, month-to-month, you know, of what you got to do. But it's hard to get yourself 
in the right frame of mind to be thinking strategically. And it's super important as owners or any leader that you are probably spending. I mean, my goal is to spend probably 75% of my time strategically, and I'm probably still not, I'm probably in the 20%, but my goal would be to flip that around completely. Um, in order to do that, though, I have to give all the tactical work that I do into a process that somebody else can do, and that's partly my fault for not doing that, but also it's the, those are the areas I need to to look at how do I get those people on the team to do that work that I've been doing? Like simple things like, you know, um, I process our payroll still. I mean, we have 35 people and Mike helps me some, but the reality is I still process payroll. Okay. How would I want to get delegate that? Mandy still, you know, in her role as a leader, she still makes sure and reconciles our accounts receivable. Who would do that if we weren't doing that? So if we want to get away, how would we do that? Yeah. I mean, I've been talking that through a lot. How will we both get out of the day-to-day processes if we want the business to run without us? And that, you know, th- being strategic is really kind of a, an R and D component to it, and that's where I think this applies to, to all different businesses. If, I mean, if I'm a if I'm an executive chef at a five star restaurant, I'm going to have to spend some R and D time thinking about my menu for next season or whatever it is. And that's true. You know, I don't have to be a fancy executive chef to do that. But the constant mm-hmm. iteration of how am I going to make this change? If I'm a baker, a baker, what's going to be my next flavor that I'm going to come out with? It's otherwise things just get stagnant. And honestly, for me, I think for a lot of people, it gets boring at that point where I'm doing the same. You know, how many chocolate chip cookies can I bake before? You know, I, I feel like I got this figured out. I think out. we should bring more. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, my tendency on the strategic side is I look a lot on software. Um I'm also, right now, we're doing a lot of people development. Um, we're doing a lot with our learning management system. We're doing a lot with establishing roles, um, understanding what positions we have on the team today, what positions we don't have on the team yet we want to have, what roles we want to you know, grow into as we continue to grow our business, what roles we need to have, which seats on our, on our bus do we not even have seats yet for. And so understanding all those different roles. And I think it's um, important for us to get away and think about those things. And we have leadership meeting that is very strategic minded, but it's also kind of tactical in that with strategic only with the mindset of that we're doing it for this year's goals, not necessarily where we're going five, six, 10 years from now, you know, what, what big things do we need to be really working on that we haven't even thought about yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So COVID kind of threw a bit of a curveball mm-hmm. for travel, um, you know, for the past 18 months or so when, you know, in the middle of COVID season where, all of the conferences and you know planned normal events that we would go to got canceled. What did you do or did you do? How did you do on trying to keep up with, you know what? I still need to block out some time to get away from the day to day and think big picture. Uh, well, you know, I found it really difficult. It was super hard. And I think that's actually probably the, you know, I'm, I'd say I'm on the edge of the burnout right now. I'm still there. I haven't really felt like I've gotten away away in a while. Um, we did so much with PPP and ERC and just putting out the fire drill that is COVID and businesses that were struggling that I got heavily involved in day-to-day work that I have not been involved in in years. The Luckily, I did get a way to do that work. I would go to my house in Florida and I would spend that time down there. We did a bunch of virtual conferences. We did still meet as a financial review group, which is our annual PASBA group, which was a strategic meet for meeting for me. We still met as a leadership group. We've done a virtual leadership meeting. We've done a, a real face-to-face uh, meeting as well. We're doing a virtual one coming up here in a couple of weeks. But, you know, the reality is I still need to have time on my calendar for those things. 
I don't think I have enough still on my calendar for strategic. I think it's also something I can definitely improve. The challenge is the balance between with you know, there's strategic and then there's also I'd say is um, you know, in my world it's it's software research, it's you know, what what where are we where are we going? You know, and so understanding where we we want to go and you know, what services do we want to provide or what people development do we nearly work on and how are we coaching our team. We've done a lot with people coaching, I think it's probably been the biggest um, area of improvement over the last year or so. Do you think that in order to really push away and, and get bigger picture, higher level strategic thinking about how to operate the business instead of working in the business, do you think it's important to actually go somewhere like offsite, not normal routine? Because I know this is debated a lot on whether or not you can accomplish the same things you know, in the office versus out of the office. I, I think you I think it's harder to do it in the office. I don't think it's not it's not impossible. Um, I find that if I if I really want to, you know, in our world, I'm very lucky. I can go upstairs here. You know, we have a couple of spaces here. I can go to our conference room. I can kind of feel like I get away and not be in front of an office. But I, I do feel like getting out of my normal routine is the is the more important part. So um, I've I enjoy going to a different location, be it, like I said, Florida or going to a conference in order to start the process of thinking. And then I need to come back probably and regroup. And I used to do that in my normal space. Mm -hmm. I find it nearly impossible for me to really flip my mindset without getting out of town. Out of town. Out of town. Yeah, all the, like, all the way out of – or at least staying at a hotel, not being at home and coming to work. It is difficult because we, we talked – I'm very much on-off light switch. Yep. That blending doesn't happen as easy for me. And so if it is, hey, I'm going to – you know, I'm at home and I'm going to come to work and we're going to go to the conference room or upstairs or wherever, it's still in my brain. I'm just coming to work like normal. But if it's I'm coming out of my hotel room down to the conference room or so, you know, it's just – It's a little better. There's, there is, for me, there is a mental, because I don't have to, you know, the night before I'm not worrying about what, you Painting know, kids, kids baseball games, yeah, whatever. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly right. And and when I, I wake that. up in the morning, it's more, it's easier for me to flip that switch. So what about like, let's say when we bring our leaders into town and like the night before we usually do a dinner mm -hmm. and then they're here all day and then we go out, like, does that type of like making an event help a little bit more in that or not really? Not really. Okay. It does a little bit, but not really. And it's it's more. Let me put you up in the Hampton when we bring else everybody else to town. <laughs> it's it's more because of I still have I I'm still here in Memphis, and yeah. I, even though I'm eating dinner with everybody, I know 15 home. minutes away there's a baseball game going yeah. on that I'm missing or whatever. Get it. And it's easier if it's 1,500 miles away than 15. And and I, that's just yep. a it's yep. a weird. I get it. No, I get it. I mean I. Yeah, I mean I. Going away and going to Florida is, you know, not fifteen hundred miles, but six hundred miles away. It's 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 kind of far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just it helps me make that mental shift. Um but and, and I I would say if I was more if I was less of a light switch with stuff like that, I could see where it would be easier to to blend that. But it's just it's just diff it's different in my in my yeah, brain. I agree. Yeah. Well, is there a process you go through when you are at an event like that for your notes? Um, not really. I'd like to, so similar, I have kind of a running tally list, whatever it may be of, these are kind of the strategic things that are that pop in my mind, um, that I'll go back to and try to think through those ideas a little bit better, but it's not, you know, it's not super structured. And, and then from there, it's 
what does that look like to develop that idea? And and I want to just jot ideas down. Um, but there, it's not really super structured anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I why I started making my little grid was I constantly had ideas popping into my mind that really weren't notes. Even they weren't. They may not even be on the topic the guy's talking about or mm-hmm. person's talking about. And I just and I created like a, a like an idea page basically. Yep. It just popped in your brain as if something else was being said. Correct. Like, ooh, that's we should be thinking about that. Or you know, like this time I did a lot with the idea of roadmaps. Is what I'm mm-hmm. one of my big things. And so. Um, it was, you know, I, I liked their whole, they had a couple of really cool concepts. I'm like, well, I like that concept. We could apply it over here. And so I take those notes a lot. And then afterwards I get back and like I said, I, I try to summarize those as best I can. And I've crossed out a couple already. <laughs> and just, it, there are ideas yeah. that popped in my head. Like, no, that's a dumb idea. Yeah. Yeah. Which I have plenty. It's of a those. good I idea. Have plenty of the, I have plenty of dumb ideas that pop in my mind. I always try to keep it. You, we do in the, in our leadership meetings, our quarterly meetings, we do a kind of a, you know, missing, broken, confused, working that analysis. And I keep, those are, I like, we've talked about this before. I like paper notepad stuff better than iPad, but I try to keep my quadrant stuff on my iPad. Do you only refer? Because I can always, it's easier to reference down the road. And that's kind of, I would say that's the closest that I try to structure those ideas is in those quadrants because we may come up with something in our leadership meeting that's, hey, that's kind of interesting, but not, now, it's not, not now. It's a not now for sure. And there is a time in which that is possible. And I would want to explore that. I don't want to forget about it. I have all my notes in a folder in my iPad note in, in, in OneNote that I track. And I look back at those. I have an ideas folder inside yeah. there. And I, you know, I put my notes in there for my ideas. And I see back, oh, that, that was a good idea. We still have nothing with it, but it's a good idea. <laughs> um, but I do go back through those quite a bit. I have a conference notes um, as, a, as one of my folders as well. And I kind of, I reference those back. I, I've, I'm honestly, I've done a lot in the last couple of years with some stuff I'd looked at four or five years ago, just we all get busy in the day to day and mm-hmm. it's very easy to, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't achieve 30 things I want to do at one time, but maybe it's two or three now. And now I'm in a better place to do the next two or three. And next thing I know I'm finally in a position I can, yeah. uh, you know, the LMS is one for us. I think it's probably taken a lot longer than we really wished. And it's just a major ordeal, but in the grand scheme of things, We've been thinking about it for five years, but we weren't ready. We wouldn't we didn't have idea what we we're going to do, and in probably in two years, we still won't be halfway through it. It's just it's going to take so much time. Yeah, and so making sure that we're doing it the right way. It's always difficult whenever like I got five big projects working right now, and I have a great idea, or somebody brings a great idea. It's like, oh, you know what? I want to do that, but I don't got time for it now. And and correct, it's difficult to try to reprioritize things in real, you know. In, in real time it's yep. and then but i don't want to forget about it i want it's something that we definitely want to do and the timing of that is with is our difficult. We, we we held that little mini conference here you know a mm-hmm. month or so ago now and one of the things that came up to me was I, we do that um exercise we did every team did their exercise of working broken missing confused i took it another step further and i talked to shelby about this on her team which was the idea of our sales marketing team has so many great ideas and they kind of try to try to do too many maybe mm-hmm. at one time. And I think it is going along the lines of our scaling up or the traction process that we go through, which is let's make two or three major rocks. We want to try to accomplish this quarter. What are our goals for the year we want to accomplish and try to keep in them a little, a little less focused, but those ideas, we don't want those ideas to go away. So I yeah. didn't have a way to repository to f- keep track of all those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the big, the big takeaway for, I think from our conversation is, is the idea that every business leader needs to spend some amount of time thinking strategically, 
whether that's monthly, quarterly, annually, you know, probably some some combination thereof to make sure that they're not getting so lost in the daily grind of the in the, that analogy, the sand that has to be moved, mm-hmm. that you forget that there's some big rocks that can help move that sand down the road a little bit easier or fill that hole a little bit quicker. Um, and, and so if you're out there and you don't ever spend time strategically planning, and, and a lot of times I would even say with a group of people, not just by yourself, even though that is important, but with a group of people, you need to find that time. And, and you don't have to go all the way down to Florida and hang out at the beach, even though Stop out if su- you can. I would suggest that if you can. If you do, you just really have to go to Panera or Starbucks or whatever and yeah. just spend a, a half a day with a, a notepad in front of you. Turn off all your electronics and, and just think and, and write down ideas. It's going to pay dividends. For uh, the one of the things that I use as a tool when I am doing that, I'm a big reader. And I would recommend you probably get out of your comfort zone sometimes, read some stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think uh, would trigger. I'm reading a lot of um, fiction, historical fiction right now, and it actually has got my mind thinking more. So I'm not necessarily reading business books, but I think Mm -hmm. it's this idea that you're getting out of your normal routines is big in the idea of how to get your mind thinking strategically. Yeah, books are huge, huge in helping that. Well, anyway, um, if you guys are out there listening, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us or listen to us anyway. Um, we did, let's see, last week we talked about leading with uncertainty, uh, which is uh, essentially the idea that things are changing all the time. And so the question that's gonna, that we're going to try to tackle a little bit um, just for a second here on the back end is, in a world of uncertainty, how can you possibly lead whenever there is any uncertainty? And, you know, we beat that up a little bit last, last podcast, but, but I, the reality is, you have to have some level of certainty in order to do any type of leading. And so things are going to change. Make your contingencies and, and plan what you know what you can plan. But you have to do that in a way that was going to allow you some flexibility. You know, if if the government decides, like they're deciding right now, to rip a big tax credit program out from under a bunch of small, medium-sized businesses in a couple of days, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Well, that was not very certain. You couldn't control yep. that. But you can control what fourth quarter is going to look like, uh, even without tax credit programs. Uh, and so you got to control what you can control and do your best and understand that at some point uh, uh, you can't plan for every potential outcome. And got to no, be okay with that. I, I think being open, honest, transparent, having empathy, understanding that you know, you're know you communicating to your team that things could possibly change. Here's what you know right now. I don't think there's any, any – treat people like adults. Um, explain what you know, what you don't know, what you're not sure of. And everybody's kind of rowing in the same direction. Yep. Very good. Well, Matt, appreciate you joining me today. And if you guys are listening, thank you very much again. Uh, we would love to hear from you. So make sure you leave us a comment or send us an email at one step better at patrickaccounting.com. And I promise you we'll read that email. Becky may even send you uh, a reply. Uh, letting you know that we appreciate it. <laughs> no I'm pretty promises. Sure we'll reply. No, no if promises. You send me an email. I'm sure I'll make my I'll make my mic reply. To you. I'll delete, delete, delete. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a great day.